everybody, what's happening? Utopia Football Podcast. Draft is in the rearview mirror. We got some rookie minicamp coming up. We got regular minicamp coming up. And then we head into the summer months. Uh, but there's still plenty to talk about. And obviously, this time of year, as football the volume dials down on football, we'll mix in more baseball talk on the podcast as well. So certainly a lot to get into with the Astros. Joined as always, well, first, I'm Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610. Mornings. Uh, joined as always by my good friend, the Hall of Famer, our senior Texans columnist at SportsRadio610.com and GalleriesSports.com. He's got a nice little uh, glow about him today as well from being out in the sun out at the Texans Foundation Golf Tournament. John McClain joining me as always. John, how are you? I'm doing great. You need to check that contrast on your on your computer because it was totally, totally no sun, all clouds. They're worried about it raining and raining it out, which would be too bad. I don't believe in 20 years they've had that charity golf tournament rained out yet. Okay. Well, it's looking okay right now. You, we're, As we record this, you are probably what, less than an hour removed from driving off the property from where the tournament is. Um, so it looks like it's okay right now. Fingers crossed, because they raise a lot of money with this thing. They do. They've done a lot of good for local charities at the Houston Texans. Foundation um, supports Cal McNair, Hannah McNair. They did interviews with the media. A lot of media out there. A lot of people are fired up about the Texans. There was a lot more media this year than last year. I don't know why. And then uh, D'Amico talked. And uh, a good question was asked by Mark Berman, I think. I can't remember who it was. Ask him, when you played in this as a player, Mm. what's it like to play in it as a coach? And I never thought of D'Amico being a big golfer. Still don't know he is. And I'll tell you what, Casario, who did not talk to us, I watched him on the practice green and on the t- on the uh, on the range. And I would thought that Nick never played golf because he spends all his time working on personnel. But my goodness, he's got a good swing. He worked on the range. Then he went and worked on his putting. Then he went back to the range. And he would like fix his swing going halfway back. If you didn't know that was Nick Casario, you'd think that was a member of the country club who played a lot. Yeah, well, he he's a good athlete, John, obviously. He's a former quarterback. I don't care what level you play quarterback at. You're probably a good golfer if you're a quarterback. Maybe. You know, if, you, if you say so, maybe he played back then, but I just can't imagine that he's got the time to play much golf. He doesn't. I asked him about that. He was on with Seth and I on Friday and uh, he was great with us on Friday. He is just in a different mood these days. And he was, he gave us some really good stuff on the kind of the blow by blow of how the trade went down. Some really good stuff on CJ Stroud and the trade a lot on the trade and the S2. He revealed he's a horrible test taker as well. Like he, I could tell that was maybe something he and CJ Stroud bonded over because Nick said he got Nick said he scored under a thousand on the SAT in high school. Like he's just not a good test taker. Um, but I asked him about the golf tournament because he brought it up. And I said, I said, Nick, was the last time you played golf last year in the Texans tournament? And he said, Yep. <laughs> so he, yeah, he sure plays once a year. Like he sure didn't look like it out on the range in the putting green. By the way, I would encourage anybody 
that didn't hear him being on with you guys to check it out. He is much better with you and Seth than he is in his regular media news conferences, which most of the time he's just full of pablum. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I, I like to think we're get, getting a few nuggets for the people when we have him on, John. I think he enjoys he enjoys coming on. I appreciate that. Thank you for the the compliment. Um, and he knocked down a ten thousand dollar putt for charity too. I saw that on somebody's Twitter feed. I think it was Brooks Cabina's Twitter feed. Like Nick, Nick nailed like a twenty five foot putt to to add ten k to the. Uh, and I think he threw five k of his own on top of that. So he's just out there. He's out there generating those charity dollars, John. That's good. That's what yep. the, that's what that day is. Before Bob McNair started, it was close to his art, and they've kept it going at different country clubs around town, and and uh, it's for a great cause. No doubt. As far as Texans news goes, John, um, you know, nothing really new per se. Um, we don't even have jersey numbers on the rookies yet. The rookie minicamp is, is this Friday, begins this Friday. I guess as far as Texans-related things go, though, I, I mean, people are – a week plus later, still talking about this trade uh, to move up from 12 to three to get Will Anderson. You do a lot of radio in and out of the market all over the place. You've got peers that cover the NFL all over the country. Um, what's What's been the scuttlebutt of everybody you've talked with, John? I'm sure you've had a million people asking you about the trade. I have, but not, mu- not, not, not much anymore. And the fact is, I've yet to see anybody, including Peter King, who didn't like to trade, point out that the Texans got a four along with the third overall pick for the 12th pick this year, third pick next year, first and third pick next, I mean, sorry, 33rd pick this year and one and a three next year, pointing out that the Texans still have picks in first, second, third round. Yeah. Nobody points that out. So I always say, well, it wasn't just to get Will Anderson Jr. that they gave up, swap first round picks. Another thing people gave Wow, they gave up two ones, a two, and a three. Well, they leave out. Yeah, they gave up a one this year because they got the third overall pick to get Will Anderson. And if Will Anderson, people now are looking for reasons to shoot down Will Anderson, which people just got to have stuff to talk and tweet about and write about, which is preposterous. But there's always going to be negative Nellies. And if Anderson doesn't pan out, they will be right. If he does, they'll be wrong. Also depends on what they use those picks on uh, uh, next year and what the uh, Cardinals do with them. There's a good chance Cardinals screw it up, although I love people that have the Cardinals with the first and second overall picks next year to get Caleb Williams and and uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, who may be higher rated than any of them, like the Texans are just automatically going to Finish second. I'm gonna I'm gonna write a column up for, uh, guy. I mean for uh, Sports Radio 610 about next year's draft, the Browns' schedule, uh, where the Browns play, what time mm. of year mm. it could contribute to being a higher pick. I've seen as the highs I've seen them picking in way too early mock drafts is 17. Yeah, so it's been in the 17 to 20 range, but everybody seems to think at worst the Texans will give the Cardinals a top five pick. Yeah, I, John, the, the thing that makes me feel best that the Texans are going to have a surprisingly good season is just what you just said. Every single person who's doing a mock draft right now, and there's a lot of them, it's an optimal time to do it. The draft just ended for this year. People are clicking on stuff already for next year. Every single one has the text, or I should say has the Cardinals picking either first and second, first and third, 
always first, either with the Texans pick or with their own pick. And and they have both picks in the top two, top three at the most. And that's what makes me feel best about the Texans being good this year is that it's not, it's, if everybody thinks it's going to happen that way, it's the NFL, it's definitely not going to happen that way. I'll tell you something that also surprised me. A lot of people think the Bears are going to be much improved, even though we don't know if Justin Fields can throw the ball. Mm-hmm. He's a great runner. But they had the worst record in the league. And all of a sudden, they're going to jump up to be like ninth or 10th. Uh, I'll be stunned if that happens. Yeah. I did a poll, John, as far as how Texan fans, excuse me, feel about the trade right now. And basically just said, how do you feel about the draft capital the Texans gave up? And the three choices were, I don't care right now. Or the, the, the three choices were, I don't care at all. I won't care until the draft next year. Or I care deeply about it. Only 8% of the people said they care deeply about it. 92% of the people, worst case, are like, wake me up in 2024. I think Texan fans just want to kind of spend their time right now basking in the glory of being relevant once again and having actual actual good players on the roster. You know, like it's – you start to list some of the guys they've drafted these last couple of years, John, and it gets fun to think like, okay, now especially now that one of them's a quarterback, you know, you start to think like, okay, this is what the core nucleus is going to look like, you know, if they hit on all these picks – this is what the core nucleus is going to look like for the next few years. And it's it's kind of fun, you know, between, not just Stroud and Anderson, but I think Tank Dell, they got a center with Scruggs. Um, Toa Toa, I think, is interesting in the fifth round. And then, you know, the young guys from last year's draft, Petrie and Stingley and Christian Harris, you know, especially on defense, a lot of young pieces. Mechie coming back. Damian Pierce, obviously, was their best offensive player last year. Even a guy like Catoriano, who was a six-rounder but showed he could do some things, like it's – it's so different than two years ago. It's so, post the Davis Mills draft. Like that was, that feels like such a barren wasteland where I look back, I'm like, God, how did we get through that, that training camp? That was brutal. I wrote a column on sportsradio610.com saying they could have as many as 10 new starters this year. Oh yeah. They better. <laughs> um, all right. So, um, and then we got as far as Texan stuff, John. So we got rookie mini camp starting Friday. We'll talk more about that later this week. And the schedule release, we think, is going to be on Thursday, although your friend Peter King poured a little cold water on that, saying they, they're still working out some final details, um, but they, they're hoping to have it Thursday. Now, they've been promoting it heavier than any year I've ever seen. The NFL never promoted it as like this everybody-come-in event like weeks out in front. You'd always find out what the date was like two days before, and then they'd release the schedule. Now they're promoting it like the event that it's evolved into, and Peter King saying oh, they might not have it ready by Thursday. Well, he said they might not. I expect they will. Yeah, I would hope so. Who who are you hoping for the opener, John? I asked D'Amico at the golf tournament if he'd like to play his first game at home, and he said, of course, but whenever that first game at home is, it's still going to be great to have the fans. But if they open on the road and they win, then they come back here, people go crazy. Yeah. And if they go on the road and lose, then they come back, to Houston and people still be fired up. It would take away a little of the luster. And I, I just believe when they play Carolina, it should be about a month into the season, put them on their primetime game. I don't care if it's Thursday night and let young and, and uh, CJ Stroud go at it and uh, don't do it late when both teams could be bad. Don't do it the first game when both quarterbacks might not start, but do it early in the season. 
Okay. Well, now I got to change one of my for real or fugazis then. That's okay. I just changed it. That was one of my for real or fugazis. I was going to say Bryce versus CJ, uh, Bryce Young versus CJ Stroud in the opener. That should be it. For real or fugazi. And it sounds like you would say fugazi. Fugazi, yes. Because there's no guarantee both of them will start. We think they will and they should. But what if one doesn't? Yeah. And you got Davis Mills versus uh, Bryce Young, or I don't even know who the, oh, Andy Dalton versus uh, CJ Stroud. Or worse, you could have Davis Mills versus Andy Dalton. Yep. Um, all right, John, let's get a little Astro talk in here. Um, what part, they're 17 and 17 right now, John. What aspect of this team is most disgusting, John McClain, right now? The hitting. Jose Abreu has been awful. And Alex Bregman's been awful. Uh, they've had some other guys, you know, hit better, but the guys that are supposed to be hitting are not hitting. Alvarez and Tucker are fine, but the two that really been the most disappointing are the first and third basemen. Why Dusty continues to have a Brayu back cleanup is beyond me. He hasn't earned that distinction, and he's just awful. I know he gets off slow starts. And people like, like you and I have been watching baseball all their lives because we're upset and they have this blind loyalty that they'll snap out of it. Well, this is the worst start since 2016. Yeah. And my second would be the bullpen specifically. There have been some games like the first game of the Seattle series. The bullpen was bad, but then Tucker won it with a two run homer in the game that they lost in, on Sunday, the bullpens. I mean, Saturday. Saturday, the bullpen yeah. Specifically was uh, Rafael Montero and uh, Stanek. Uh, Ryan Stanek. They were awful. Yeah. And there's no defending them. I'm not saying they're going to be awful all season. I'm just saying right now, an update, and they may run away with the World Series. They may go unbeaten. Fact is, the bullpen has not been anywhere near as good as it was last year when it was best in baseball, and their two of their biggest hitters are not hitting. Dusty is, you know, like keeping Abreu at cleanup at this point is like somebody who's trying to get fired. You know, like it's malpractice. It's like it's there's no there's no good reason for it. And people may say, well, you know, Altuve and Brantley are both out. I mean, you really don't have that many hitters anyways to begin with. I know Bregman hasn't been good. I get that. But at least Bregman gets on base every now and then. And he's got four home runs. Abreu has no home runs, and he's not getting on base. Like, that's the thing. Like, he's – Bregman's batting average is like 197, but his his on-base percentage is like 140 points higher than that. He does walk from time to time. My feeling, John, is until Altuve and Brantley come back – and but it sounds like Brantley could be back this week as well as Chaz McCormick. So that – Brantley and Altuve coming back may cause a natural ripple effect that'll just push Jose Abreu down in the lineup without Dusty feeling like he needs to make a hard decision. I just think you put Pena for now, let Dubon keep batting leadoff, put Pena at the two, move Bregman down to the four. If you keep wanting to do this righty lefty thing, like Dusty seems to be addicted to, and then move Abreu down to the six hole. You know, it's totally unfair to Jordan Alvarez to have Jose Abreu batting behind him right now. Like it's, it's completely unfair. Dusty Baker said when Brantley's back, he's batting second. Yep. Case case shut. He will be batting second. So where's no Bregman matter, go? He was asked, Pena, if Pena continued to hit the way he hit last year, this was in camp, yeah. spring training, said doesn't matter. Brantley's batting second. So when Brantley comes back this weekend, I guess, 
He'll be batting second. Good. Uh, Abreu, when you're hitting between Alvarez and Tucker and you can't hit, boy, you hope he's not washed up and he hit a wall. He's got the cushiest job in baseball. He's hitting between two of the he, he's hitting between literally like two of the best 10 to 15 hitters in the American League. Like it's it's a joke. It's a real joke. And, and I, from what I hear, he's a good guy, but eh, who cares? Um and and his fielding has not been up to par as no. usually is. Yeah, yeah. No, well, and it's not helping that Yuli's actually having his classic odd numbered good year in Miami. Like Yuli's been good for the Miami Marlins for literally like literally like 5% of what Jose Abreu makes in a season. It's crazy. Um, I, and John, and we're skipping over probably the biggest concern right now, which is they have no margin for error in the starting rotation right now either. With but, they can, but they can't help that. I'm talking about just what's disappointing. Well, I'm, but I'm talking about what's, what's affecting their ability to win baseball games. You know, like it's, it yeah like yeah Dusty can make a simple change in the lineup and that that would at least be a sign that he's trying. Um, but Luis Garcia out for the year that's a killer. Uh, when you combine it with Jose Urquidy out till the Dusty said maybe the all or I think Dana Brown may have said maybe the All Star break for Urquidy for a right shoulder strain. I mean they're and Lance McCullers is still out. You know they're they're going to be going. These are not spot starters. Like their rotation for the foreseeable future is Fromber, Javier, Hunter Brown, J. Uh, is it uh, uh, France? Right, JP France. JP France and uh, and Brandon Belak. Like Belak is their fifth starter. He he was he was bad in the box score yesterday. He gave up ten hits. He was worse, like to the eye test. He was giving up hard hit contact all over the place yesterday. He's he's a mess. And that's your fifth starter. John, last year, your sixth starter was Urquidy or Garcia or Hunter Brown. You know, like there was a time where they had seven starters last year. Your fourth starter is a guy who just pitched his first big league ball game. Everybody was pointing out how lucky they were last year when it came to injury. They were. Catch yep. up to them. Yep. All right, John, you want to do a few for real or fugazis here? Sure. All right, let's do a few. Okay, this is how we do this. I've got a few of them here. Uh, I read a sentence. I state it as, as if it is fact. If John agrees with it, he says it is for real. If John disagrees, he thinks I'm crazy. He says? Fugazi. Fugazi. It's Italian for counterfeit or fake. All right, John. Um, the, the NFL passed a new rule to where uh, teams don't have to play on Thursday night anymore. For a lot of teams like the Texans, the Thursday night game was their only primetime game of the season. For real or Fugazi, the Texans will play Zero primetime games in 2023. I think that's for real. They're not expected to be any good. You know, you don't put them out there because of a rookie quarterback. Uh, I think they're just going to be bypassed this year. Yeah. Uh, one more on the schedule. Now that uh, now that you stole the uh, Bryce Young versus C.J. Stroud for the opener, instead, the opener for the Texans should be C.J. Stroud versus Deshaun Watson. For real or Fugazi? For real, I'd love to see it. I don't think they'll do it, but I think that'd be great. That'd be fun. I mean, part of the op part of the best thing about the opener is that's the one game we're looking forward to for weeks and weeks and weeks. You know what I mean? And it's so sometimes when it's an opener where there's no sauce to it at all, you know, you're just looking forward to the season. But to be able to look forward to the season plus have the opener be I, honestly any number of matchups, John. Like they, the fact that the Texans drafted a quarterback with the second overall pick all of a sudden adds a, a whole new light to 
you know, going to Ohio and playing Joe Burrow and, and going, uh, you know, going to Baltimore and playing Lamar Jackson, going to New York and playing Aaron Rodgers. And I, I'm not saying CJ Stroud is right now on the same level as these guys, but at least you feel like, Hey, we got a young quarterback that we're going to get excited about similar how these other markets got excited about Joe Burrow or Lamar Jackson or guys. And then there's the team, the games in the division. I think any of those division games as an opener, I would be cool with. Well, Sidon's problem is Will Levis is not going to be starting. We'd have to watch Ryan Tannehill. And uh, it's interesting of the quarterbacks you just mentioned. The only one drafted higher than Stroud was Burrow, his first overall. Yep. All right, so this leads into the second one, John. Um, in Indianapolis, Anthony Richardson will start in week one, for real or Fugazi? Fugazi. I know the media keeps talking about that. Jose keeps talking about it. And they haven't, they haven't ruled it out. But the problem is, golly, started 13 games. Yeah. And he probably ought to watch two or three weeks and see how things are going instead of just throwing him to the wolves when they know he's not ready. All right, next one, John. Robert Sala met with the media last week and said that Aaron Rodgers didn't have a wish list for guys they wanted. We're just creating a narrative as the media. For real or for gazy, Robert Sala is full of crap. Of course, Aaron Rodgers, Mr. Drama Queen, had a wish list for going to the New York Jets. Yeah, they just decided to go sign Randall Cobb on their own <laughs> and Alan Lazard, although Lazard was legit. Of course, he's full of, you know what, that's for real, because yeah. I don't know why that they, they didn't at least say, well, we knew they're two of his favorite targets, and if we could accommodate them, we'd certainly do it. Um, everybody knows he's lying. Did you see Sala compared it to Gronk and Antonio Brown signing with the Buccaneers with Tom Brady? <laughs> Are we doing this? He's literally comparing Randall Cobb to Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski. And he's defending their he's defending what they did, and they didn't make any bones about it. That's what Brady wanted. So he yeah. should just come out and say, Yep. That's what Aaron wanted Lazard and he wanted Cobb. And if he wants somebody else and we can do it, we will. All right, John. Last one for uh no, two more, actually. For real or Fugazi, John. Um, of all the offseason milestones on the NFL calendar, the schedule release is among the top three. For real or Fugazi? For real. I mean, it's it's the draft, it's the combine, and it's the schedule. Remember when it used to come out right before the, the draft and it just got lost. And then somebody came up with an idea and the NFL and said, well, Why don't you do it a couple of weeks after the draft? Make a big deal out of it. Yeah. And they're like, oh, wow, what an idea. So I think it's another brilliant stroke of promotion by the NFL, which dwarfs all the other sports combined. What do you do on the bye week, John? Do you just take the Texans bye week? Do you just take it easy or do you do anything or do you go anywhere? What do you do? No, I write columns and same as I always do yeah. because I write about other stuff besides the Texans. Still do all my talk shows. And That's true. Else. It's just on Sunday. I watch other games, and I don't write on Sunday. I wait and write Monday. Do you have Sunday ticket, or do you just watch whatever games on I TV? used to. Now I just watch the main one. I got mad when they upped the price mm. and said, I'm not just not doing it again. And I'm not doing it again this year either. Do you like the Red Zone channel? Uh, I do, but I don't watch it. I'm too distracted. And if I if there's one that I really want to see, I got plenty of sports bars around here. That's They'll true. Take care of me. That's true. Take good. They know who you are when you walk in. They all yell, John. Um, all right, last they one, John. General. Last they, yeah, of course they do. <laughs> uh, last one, last one. <laughs> it's Astros slow start, 17 and 17. This is all Mark Wahlberg's fault. For real or Fugazi? 
Fugazi. <laughs> yeah, I know Walbert came out there for that first game. Yeah. Got, that doesn't have jack to do with squat. Oh, come on. I just actually I just want to hear you say Fugazi. I felt like I gave you too many for reals on well, that I'm one. I'm glad you finally did. I was yeah. wondering. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I got to do a better job of finding more outlandish things to say to you during for real or Fugazi. John, what do you got going on on your various platforms? I'm working on a column right now for sportsradio610.com about uh, what D'Amico and Han and Cal McNair said about how pumped up they are about the uh, offset, about the rookie minicamp that I'm going to have uh, tomorrow, record my weekly video with Mattress Mac and write another column about uh, or about the Texans uh, for gallerysports.com. How did Mac do? Mac, I saw Mac put a big wager on the Kentucky Derby at the last minute to to try to uh, just uh, to hedge that furniture nut that he has out there, right? Well, he, he wanted to be able to pay back some of the money that people have spent. Yeah, yeah, but uh, all, these, all these people went out there buying furniture, hoping to get it free, free, free. They did but not. The favorite won, and then the favorite got scratched, and the next favorite I think finished third. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Yep. Um, all right. Well, uh, John, I enjoyed it as always. We'll, uh, oh, we got to remind the people HOU mailbag at gmail.com to send us mailbag questions. HOU mailbag at gmail.com. John, I enjoyed it as always. I did too. And I think, aren't we going to do one besides Wednesday morning? Do one Friday morning. We will do a, comes out. a bonus one Friday to send the people into the weekend with our analysis of the schedule, assuming that it comes out Thursday night. Um, yes, we will. You, this will be a three episode week for us here on the Utopia football and baseball podcast uh on the uh, on the odyssey app or wherever it is you get your podcast and that's a good opportunity for me to thank figgy fig for getting this podcast out to each and every one of you click that subscribe button you'll get it right to your phone or your computer your ipad whatever wherever it is you listen to your podcast if you click subscribe you don't have to think you don't have to do anything it just comes right to you uh short and sweet we like it that way um so big thanks to Figgy Fig. Big thanks to all of you for listening and for subscribing and for rating the podcast and all those good things. For the general, the Hall of Famer, John McClain, I'm Sean Pendergast. We are out of time. We will see all of you. Mailbag episode, H-O-U mailbag at gmail.com on Wednesday of this week. Have a great week, everybody.